SCG podcast, the mighty Sydney Cricket Ground, full of wonderful memories, whether you look at rugby league, rugby union, cricket and so many other sports. Through this podcast, we're going to chat with those that have been involved, that have played at the SCG and those that have watched some of the greatest moments in history. Today, of course, it is Manly taking on the Roosters this weekend. So we're going to talk to a Manly player and a Roosters player from the past. It's Mal Cochran from Manly. It is Kenny Wright from the Roosters. I caught up with them earlier in the week. SCG podcast. Yes, we are back bigger and better than ever 2021. And what a way to start. Of course, this weekend, Saturday night, it is Manly taking on the mighty, mighty Roosters at the Sydney Cricket Ground. So we thought we would get a Manly player and a Roosters player and bring them together. So today, of course, he was hooker with Manly from 1982 through to 1990. Mal Cochran, how are you? Good, thanks, Timmy, and thanks for the invite Invite for this afternoon. Looking forward to it. Yeah, great to have you on. And Kenny Wright, of course, former Wallaby, played with the Roosters, finished his career with South Sydney. And uh, Ken, how are you? Well, thank you. Thanks for the invite, Tim. All right, well, let's start with a pretty simple question to start with because to both of you, uh, I, I have great memories of the Sydney Cricket Ground as a boy coming in on the Red Rattler from the western suburbs, sitting in the bob stand, no doubt watching both of you guys and others play football. But the magic of that place, Mal, I'll start with you, just an amazing, amazing sporting cathedral. Absolutely, Tim. It, um, when you look at the uh, history, history of rugby league, you certainly look at the Sydney cricket ground. Uh, like you, I grew up in a from, – I'm from Taree, grew up in a small town called Taree and watched all of the uh, grand semifinals and grand finals at the cricket ground. Um, and, you know, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to not only play at the cricket ground but – to walk away uh, winning a, a, the grand final in 1987. So very significant um, and hallowed turf for rugby league people. Kenny, what about you? It's, it's a bit like a home ground for you. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm a bit older than both of you, but grew up, uh, you know, when the Sydney Cricket Ground was the match of the day and uh, used to get the 394 from uh, Malabar and go along Anzac Parade and, and on many Saturday afternoons to, to watch the match of the day. Uh, late sixties, of course, a lot of that was was south, but East also came into it towards the end of the sixties and early seventies. Quite a rivalry too, Ken, between Manly and the Roosters uh, that, that built up over the years. Uh, obviously, there was you know Bozo going from Manly to the Roosters, Fatty, and and, and other things that sort of grew with that. Noel Cleal. Yeah, well, I, I got to say, um, one of my I was actually at the nineteen seventy two grand final, um, standing on four cans on the hill when East played Manly and uh, Keith Page was a referee and there were a few controversial decisions that way that went Manly play. <laughs> what, what about that rivalry, uh, Mal, the, the Manly Roosters games that, that were played then and now? Well, it did and it started with Bozo, um, the great, the, the legend, uh, going to East and uh, and then uh, Manly returned serve when Bozo returned back to Manly as the coach and then he brought with him Players like Ian Schubert, Dave Brown, Paul McCabe, Kerry Bostead, Ian mm. Barclay. So I think we might have got them back. Yes. <laughs> yes. There was quite a few. I think I think there was a couple of years I missed. I think Marty Gurr. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, Ian Schubert. Yeah, no, I mentioned yeah. Um, Schubert. So, yeah. Schubert, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We certainly had a lot coming back to us. Mm. 
What did Kenny? What did? Uh, what was your uh, interaction with Bozo? Well, he was he was the coach when I was at the Roosters for those three years, and so uh, and he was um, you know obviously spoke to him before I made the switch from rugby union. So uh, yeah, had had those three years with the Roosters under under Bozo. That. That there's no more closer link to Manly and the Roosters than that one player, Bob Fulton, who's an immortal in the game. Yeah, well, obviously, and um, and it was it was at a yeah interesting time. I mean, uh, Bozo had taken over from Arthur Bleetson that the year I switched over, and there was a lot of influx of players. I think John Harvey was a player he bought from Manly at that time, um, and Kerry Bostead arrived at the same time as I did, and um, that was actually. Bozo started that year as a, as a player coach. So I actually played a, a handful of games with him. Um, so uh, he, he had, you know, it was a, it was a transitional time for, for the Roosters in many ways in that respect. And um, he, well, it, it took, the first year was very difficult and uh, I certainly found it very difficult to having switched over. And I think Bozo's first get, first year as coach. And then, um, you know, it was, we started the, season as one of the favourites really uh, but fell away and didn't even make the semi-finals and the next year was a lot better next year um, we we actually did make a grand final and played Canterbury who were just a little bit too good for us on the day and uh, and had been to a grand final the year before which probably helped I, I think that always helps and so um, yeah the next year again I, the Roosters were up there I didn't play a lot of first grade that year and um, but they were minor premiers, I think, but went one two out that year to Parramatta in the major semi, and then Newtown the the the, the next game, and that was sort of uh, you know two strong years for the Roosters, and I think eighty two <coughs> fell away a bit, and uh, by eighty three, uh, Bozo had moved on to which was his first love. Let's face it, he you know although he moved the Roosters, I think his first love was Manly always and still is. Um, and so he went back there, and of course he had success with, with Mal in '87. Mal, let's look at '983, and of course the reserve grade grand final. You'd only been in Sydney for a little while from Taree, and playing at the back uh, in the backs uh, in that grand final, that reserve grade grand final. That of course you were playing against Kenny because Kenny was uh, playing for South Sydney. Yeah, it certainly was. In fact, I played for the first two or three years. I'd played in most positions other than hooker because um, when I turned up at Manly, uh, we had um, Max Krilich and Ray Brown who were then current Australian mm. players and uh, the third grade um, player at the time was Wayne Honeywood and he was the captain of the team. So I ended up having to play everywhere bar hooker um, and, of course, you know, spent a fair bit of time playing reserve grade. But in saying that, back then, Timmy, reserve grade was very strong. It was um, the supportive mechanism to first grade. So you had a lot of um, first grade players that may have been returning from injuries and what have you um, coming back through reserve grade. So it was still a very strong comp. Now, Ken, no doubt you you enjoyed the the result, having a winning result. Um, But what was it like in 1983? Yeah, it was. I'd sort of – I'd had a mixed year of injuries and what have you and actually, you know, had to – had come, the reason why I was playing reserve grade grand finals was I came back from injuries and then had to uh, and pulled a muscle. Actually, my last first grade game was against Manly in the second game before the semifinals, and I pulled a thigh muscle. The next week, I ran on for a minute against the Roosters to qualify. But uh, and that yeah, it was, it was actually 1983, but that's irrelevant. But I think Mal was full back that day, 
And but as he said, there were some good players. I mean, we had a very, very small side, but you know, we had a, a young Les Davidson, uh, Kenny Stewart, who was sort of a, one of the top hookers at the time, uh, Nathan Gibbs, uh, Shane O'Neill, who played a lot of first grade, Greg Mackey, Craig Coleman was just coming through, uh, Rick Burke, um, was in fullback for us. Uh, Ross Harrington was on one wing who was just starting off and played many first grade games for South. And I probably missed a couple, but yeah, it was there was. And they had lots of uh, Bruce Walker, who was an international, uh, Michael Blake, uh, Rick Chisholm. And, of course, I think, I think I'm right in saying you were fullback, Mal. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, fullback. So, so that, that was amazing, wasn't it? You ended up as hooker. Where did you play your junior footy, Mal? Uh, all of Taree. I grew up in Taree and played all of my uh, junior league um, there. What position? I actually played a lot of 5'8 and centre. Um I'd only switched to hooker in year 10 when I was at school, only because, um, you know, like at school you've got to fit everybody into a team and I just put my hand up to say, yep, I'll have a crack at that, um, whether that's a good thing or not. And, um, yeah, so through the school system I started to play hooker. Then I'd play either 5'8 or uh, centre at the weekend. So it was a bit of a mixed bag for the year. And 1983, of course, that was the era where you'd play in a reserve grade grand final and, and sit on the bench in first grade if you were lucky enough. And that, that happened to you that year. It did. Um, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, I suppose, if you look at it from another point, I didn't get on. So uh, I couldn't say that I uh, was in a losing team, <laughs> can I? Um <laughs> But, you know, we, we come up against an extremely strong Parramatta team. They were a very, very good outfit. And, uh, of course, they won those two grand finals two years in a row. Kenny, I want to go back to 1980 quickly uh, and when you did play in that grand final against that family team of the Bulldogs and, of course, it was the gear and try off the Bretnell kick. What what was it like? Uh, yeah, well, it was. that's uh, interesting. We'd, we'd had a really big win the week before against West, put a 40 points on them. And... Um, there's, there's something about a, a big game. I think of these days you're seeing it even more with teams being able to, to repeat, but you've, you've got to control everything leading up to it. And I think um, we got a bit weary. They'd been there the year before. And then the other thing that happened was reserve grade went into extra time. So we were sort of ready to go at 3 o'clock and we didn't get on the field at court to four. As I said, they'd been there the year before and I think they were a bit more relaxed and, and it wasn't probably that much in it until the gear and try. We, we gave away some silly penalties. There was the first try they scored was was um, probably a, a bit fortunate. It came off a forward pass, but th- those days there was no <laughs> – it was less scrutinised. Um, and then they got a few penalties and all of a sudden it was 13-4 and I suppose, you know, then that great try from – from uh, when Greg Brett put the kick up and Steve Gear and took it magnificently. Yeah, amazing. And the atmosphere, Mal, I could just imagine what it was like in 1987. I still remember where I was. I was at university and it was a, uh, it was an Aboriginal studies trip that we were on and we were actually at, at uh, White Cliffs watching it. There was a, there was a, a, um, a television that we'd wired to a caravan. Um, so I, I remember where I was and, and it was the last grand final um, for... Um, uh, the Sydney Cricket Ground, and uh, and you played in it, and you won it. Absolutely, and and you were right. It was the very last uh, grand final, and um, you know it did mean a lot to us. It was quite significant because um, of that factor. 
Um, and of course, winning a grand final, you know, as, as Kenny can attest, that you can go your whole life and never make one. So, um, you know, when you do make them, it's uh, it's always a, a good outcome if you can get to win them. And um, you spend so much time with your your, your teammates that it's uh, it's that extra importance that when you do win, um, it's you know you feel a. Um, it's more relief. I think it's more relief um, when you win a grand final and, uh, of course, the excitement of it all. And, the, you know, the side that we had that particular year was an extremely good team. We were well-balanced. We were um, we had good size in the pack and we were very, very quick in the backs. Um, and we were, you know, we were just – we felt – um, quietly confident throughout the whole year that, um, you know, we had the right team to go through and win it. That big fact, I mean, not a factor in the game, but it, yeah, what you had to overcome, I remember I was at that game, was the heat. It was over 30 degrees that day. I don't know if you yeah. remember that, but I remember, I remember walking to the Sydney Creek ground and breaking into a sweat, let alone having to be out there and, and play in it. It, it was, Kenny, and, and look, the, the funny thing about that, um, funnily enough, we played East in the semi-final and it was a brutal game it was you know very very physical um, and of course we got the week off and even we felt very tired and still sore yeah. um, most of the most of that particular week so we we actually felt a bit sorry for us and coming up against Canberra because we felt at the time that uh, it wouldn't matter who it was if you were the fresher team I think you you know you had the advantage and it really turned out that way that um, it, it was a blessing for us that we had the week off. And it, it told in that game because we got away to a very, very um, quick start to the game through the mag- magician of a bloke called Cliff Lyons. Cliff Lyons, um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah and, and uh, we, we were just very, very lucky that um, we were able to dictate the majority of that game. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Manly play the Roosters for the first time since the New South Wales Rugby League Grand Final qualifier in 1987 on Saturday night. It's it's amazing that it's been that length of time. Uh, Mal, Mal, just and I want to ask you both: Is what's it like running out onto the SCG? for a grand final. I, I was lucky enough to play on the old sports ground. I think I had one game at the SCG just in schoolboy footy and a few of the other grounds. But what was it like to run out, Mal, in a top-grade grand final on the Sydney cricket ground where Donald Bradman had hit centuries, where Victor Trumper had played, where St George had won 11 in a row? You know what, Tim, as I said, because, what, you know, as a rugby league player, you grow up watching all of these wonderful games at the cricket ground and it's all of those things that you've just said, uh, understanding that. And there's no, you know, the, the pride in uh, running out, you know, when you've got a crowd that's absolutely going nuts um, with your teammates and then you do, you know you're going to go into battle. Um, and, and then, of course, when you win it, it's even, it's even more significant. And, um, you know, they're, they're things that you can't describe. And when you walk away from the, uh, the game and here we are all these many years later, they're still very fond memories that you never forget because you've done it with a bunch of blokes um, that uh, you spend a whole lot of time with uh, during the season. Um, you know that it's it's not a, it's just not something you can easily describe to people. But still, very proud to this day that um, I was a part of a very very good team that happened to win the Combi eighty seven. Kenny, how do you describe running out to uh, the SCG? And you played in Wallaby Test matches, of course, and you had a, a lot of highs throughout your your glittering sporting career. What was it like running out uh, running out at the start of that game? Well, it, it was really special. I think as a kid, when I used to watch a lot of football at the Sydney Career Ground, a lot of grand finals, 
They used to, I always remember them coming, you know, each, each side would have their side, the, the pathway down to run onto the field. And I used to imagine as a kid how special that would be. And you do, when you come out and you face the hill and, you know, where all the action really is. Um, and it, it, it is special and it's, it's sort of, it's spine tingling. And um, it's funny that the actual running onto the field is, is, is a good a memory as actual playing at a time. Yeah, and and the the, the just the memories of the, of the dressing room. Did you get the chance to sort of take all that in? I think you do. You know, um, you know, you sort of you realise that this is this is where the greats of the past in both you know everything from cricket to rugby to rugby league. You know, have been have, have been before you, and you're got a locker that that. You know, one of the greats may have been been using, and uh, yeah, I, I think that that whole atmosphere of the place is, uh, it, you know, if, you, if you've grown up watching it there and 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 following, you know, the codes and and imagining what it was like for those players, it's uh, it's a special memory being being there. And I do remember, particularly the grand final, you know, pre the game, just being in the dressing room. What do you what do you think of the game these days, Mel? Do you do you watch a lot of it? Not as much as I uh, not as much as I suppose I should, Tim. But it's one of those things where you admire the players of today. I mean, they're just um, they're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. Um, you know, the game is uh, just changed dramatically. Although with this new six uh, six again rule, it um, it may start to bring the um, smaller players back into play. Uh, it probably will, um, which I think is a good thing. Um, but yeah, the game itself, uh, you know, it's it's um, it's very much, uh, you know, when you look at the players uh, of today, you feel like you're in the land of the giants. <laughs> it's that big, and because um, you're constantly looking up at them, and you know, I admire uh, their their athleticism, and uh, I think with this particular new rule, I think it'll start to bring the smarts of the players, uh, the players with good smarts, back into play, and I think that's I think that's a good thing. What about you, Kenny? Do you watch much? Yeah, I watch a fair bit. I must admit, a lot on TV these days. That's that's easier, but it is. And I mean, the athleticism, as as Mal says, is great. And, and I was just actually actually was talking to my, my, my mother about this uh, not so long ago. And uh, one of the great rule changes I think was the corner post rule. Um, you know, once upon a time you hit the corner post and there was no try. Well, now you see all these spectacular finishes and these great, the great athleticism because they can take the corner post out and they do, but they're, you know, 99% of their body's over the sideline, but the hand puts the ball in and it's a try. It's quite spectacular. And as Mal says, uh, the, the athleticism of it. And I do think it, it, it yeah, as, as the, with the change of the, the, the play the ball, and you do want to tire the big blokes out a bit to let the smaller guys come into their own because they can create some excitement. You know, I tend to, uh, I think Phil Gould's been on about that in the last few years and some of his comments, even the interchange, it allows these big blokes to come and go and, and um, maybe limiting that a little bit would, would help as well or maybe, you know, might be too much for the players to, to do all these things. But there's, there's certainly a, a lot of good things been happening in the game in the last few years from a spectator point of view. Just wrapping it up, uh, Mal. I, I know you still live up in God's country on the northern beaches. You've you've been on the judiciary panel. You've you've done a lot of work in and around the All Stars. What else are you up to these days? Oh, look, Tim. I think uh, now that I've pulled myself back from those types, of, you know, from rugby league a little bit, um, I spend a lot more time actually with my uh, my grandkids. Um, that uh, that they've they've been living at home for a little while. Actually, they're moving out today. Can you believe that? Um, into their own premises, but 
spending a lot more time with the family. Um, and, you know, I'm still involved in Aboriginal affairs, of course, um, as much as I can. Um, but, yeah, after pulling back from rugby league, just uh, – just taking it easy a little bit more. And Kenny, for you, it's a lot about numbers when it comes to work, eh? Uh, still got your own accountancy practice? Still practicing. I'm in the office now at Bondi Junction, yes. So, uh, and we'll continue to do that, you know. Um, that uh, My sons have been a bit slow off the mark in terms of grandkids, like unlike males, but uh, that might happen um, so someday, which might slow my work down a little bit. But uh, still doing that, uh, have dabbled in a few things with rugby, um, but uh, nothing of... Uh, magnitude. Well, thanks for coming on the SCG podcast. It was great to take a walk down memory lane and and I really look forward to having a a cold libation with you both sometime soon. Okay, thanks Tim. Look forward to it. Thank you, Timmy. So nice to have a chat and be nostalgic and look at the past of rugby league, but this Saturday night of course, Manly for the first time playing the Roosters at the SCG since the New South Wales Rugby League Grand Final Qualifier that we discussed before. Now, the gates will open at 4.30. So much going on. Of course, we can get back to grounds now. Go to Ticket Tech and check out your options and come to the SCG and enjoy the Roosters at home to Manly in round one of 2021.
All good. Oh, 